friends and family, they're all, you know, they, they know um, of a, a lot of the stuff of, they're there more for support, you know, as you go through that to let you know, hey, we got you. Dead man walking, dead man. We got a dead man walking here. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Again, like I said after the game, those are the ones and the people, um, and it's not just immediate friends and family, it's, it's other people from this league that reach out to, to let you know that they support you. And, and so all that combined is we all know we go through these challenging times, and, but those are the people in the end that you rely on, and those are the ones that you count on, and those are the ones that help you um, get through the lows to be able to get to those highs. It's time for the Bears Nation Podcast. Yeah, baby, it's on! With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. It's Bears Nation, baby, game on. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. Been a while. It's been uh, about a week because we did the uh, preview episode. We had the early game, the early Thanksgiving game. And for the first time in a long time, Kevin, we get to say it is a victory Monday for the Chicago Bears. Yay. So exciting. Aren't you thrilled? <laughs> no, I, it's it felt good, honestly, that they didn't ruin your Thanksgiving because Shane had, uh, on our last episode... You know, propose that situation where they lose, and yeah, maybe Nagy gets fired, maybe he doesn't in the event that that would have happened. But you just would have had a bad day. You wouldn't have been able to enjoy everything that was on on the Thanksgiving plate. You would have still been pissed off. It alleviated some of the anger and you know some of the feelings that we have had towards this team uh, in recent you know history. Uh, meaning like the last few weeks. So I mean, <laughs> we'll we'll take a W, right, Jake? We'll take a W. Yeah, I mean, so here we are on Monday, uh, you know, it's November 29th, and Matt Nagy still has his job. Uh, the Bears win 16-14 to 14 over the Lions. You say that, you know, they didn't ruin Thanksgiving, and, you know, you, you were able to have a good day. They tried not to. They tried to ruin it. For, they, they, made it they made it pretty damn close for a while there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an ugly game, as everybody expected. There was not one person on face of the earth who was excited to get up and watch Andy Dalton versus Jared Goff and the winless Lions versus the three and seven Bears on the first, you know, Thanksgiving game of the day. And luckily, the the Cowboys and the Raiders kind of made up for that ugly game with, you know, a, a crazy game that drew the highest TV rating since 1990. But yeah, I mean, the it seemed like for a good majority of that game, nobody wanted to win. Nobody wanted to really go out there and, you know take that turkey leg and eat it as they you know usually do at the end of the of the game on those broadcasts and hey Andy Dahl ended up being the the Thanksgiving player of the game there's a great picture of him holding that silver football smiling and holding up a you know some finger signs so good for Andy honestly but it was an ugly game I mean I, I'm not going to say that they were lucky to squeak out a win I'm not going to say any of that I mean at the end of the day you were banged up you were coming on a a, a short week I guess a win is all you're looking for, but you, you know, you're going up against an 0-9 Lions team. You would have liked to probably see a little bit more, but with this team and what they've given you, W is all is the only letter that matters. Yeah, I mean, you get the W, obviously. Uh, Andy Dalton, I mean, to his credit, was really, really good. First 300-plus passing game since last year when Nick Foles did in, I think, week nine or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, he, he played really well, and 
I mean, we thought Andy Dalton was just the, the reason we wanted Justin Fields in this offense. And we still do. Nobody's saying that Justin Fields shouldn't be starting. He should be obviously when he's healthy, but I mean, Andy Dalton took more shots down the field in this one game that he had in the first four weeks. And I mean, he was throwing, I mean, the 52 yarder Darnell Mooney obviously stands out, but he was really good. He got that player of the game, that Thanksgiving player of the game, whatever you want to call it. I mean, for a reason. And he led you to a win and he, you know, was calm, cool and collected the entire time. Looked like the guy that, you know, you kind of, before Justin Fields was drafted, the guy that you were kind of like, okay, maybe you can win a couple games. You know, you could be decent with this right. guy. And he looked like that guy. And he was really good, even though you had a lackluster running game, which was something that you had relied on the past couple weeks. And it worked out for you. And like you said, it was the 0-9-1 Lions. And should you have won this game? Yes. Should it have been as close as it was? No. It was an ugly, ugly game. But, I mean, a couple things that we need to talk about, too – I mean, obviously how the team kind of rallied around this Matt Nagy news, you know, at his son's high school football game, they're chanting fire Nagy at the Blackhawks games, at the Bulls games, at hell, AEW wrestling last week too, before Thanksgiving, they're ch- <laughs> chanting fire Nagy. I mean, it was insane. And they came through and they had a, had a, pulled out a win. And, you know, even after the game, Allen Robinson was someone that sat up there and said, I've been in bad locker rooms. This is not a bad locker room. Tayshawn Gibson went up there and said, I was in Cleveland. That was a bad locker room. This isn't a bad locker room. So... I mean, and Shane was here. Shane was on the show, and he said, you know, Jordan Schultz was probably talking for a very, very select few guys in the locker room. And Shane said the majority of those guys are probably still naggy guys, and it showed. And they went up there, and they put, you know, they put faces to the names. And they said, yeah, Matt Nagy's still our guy. He's still our coach. Now, do I think his job is safe just because you beat the Lions on a last-second field goal? No, not at all. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But – I mean, like you said in the beginning, a win's a win. It still feels good. I still think that Matt Nagy is on very, very shaky ground. Uh, it's still You're still 32nd in the league in passing offense. You're still near the bottom, if not at the bottom, in points. And he, your defense continues to show holes. Yeah, you know, you got Eddie Jackson back, but Akeem Hicks didn't play. Cleo Mack obviously didn't play. So you're still missing guys, but... I mean, this is a flawed team at the end of the day, Kevin. It, it's good to get a win, and it's great to get a win, but this is still a flawed team, and I know we're going to get to it eventually, but the in-the-hunt graphic, we need to put those to bed. Let's go. <laughs> like, it's, Let's it's go. It's not going to happen. This is a flawed team. You're hey. not – like, and, and we're going to get hey. – and, and I know we'll talk about – and, you know, um, just – you know, putting it out there now, I'm not going to be around for the preview episode, but Kevin will be holding down with someone, but you're going to get a dose of reality when the Arizona Cardinals come to town this week with Kyler Murray. Like it's going to be back to reality. This is a very flawed team. That is not a playoff team. I know we all get excited and we kind of laugh at the, when they showed the, in the the hunt hunt graphic, Kevin, all but but two teams in the conference were a part of that graphic, all but two. So I I, take it with a grain of salt. I know it's, yeah. Okay. You're in the hunt technically, but I mean, you beat the lions. Great. You feel good for now, but it's a flawed team, man. Yeah, it's a flawed team. We know that. But consider, like, you have to consider other things as well. And here I'll say this about Matt Nagy. You know, we seldom give him credit for things, you know, rightfully so. I think you do have to give him a little bit of credit for what occurred this past week. And, you know, this was the ultimate litmus test about whether the locker room was really lost or not. And we kind of put that in the title of our last episode. And now, like, looking back at it, maybe, maybe he didn't officially lose the locker room. And, you know, there is no doubt that him, the organization, the people up top could have handled that situation with a lot more class, with a lot more maturity and and just handled it in a lot of different ways. But to rally those guys, I mean, we, there was every possibility in the world 
they could have gone out there and just and just fallen apart. Wheels fall off the bus, everything collapses, and that's the end of it. Yeah, you were playing a bad team. That factors into it. But to get those guys ready to play and to, after all of the distractions and a short week to win that game is honestly impressive, no matter the opponent. I mean, this is the NFL, and we spoke in the pregame show about how the Lions have played you know, teams close, especially at home. So uh, it, you have to give a little bit of credit to Matt Nagy, whether you want to or not. You have to. I mean, it, it is pretty impressive to see them rally around him after everything that we heard. Now, I'm not doubting the fact that there are still players in there who would like to see a different head coach. And I'm not doubting the fact that management and ownership would like to see a different head coach. But given the circumstances, that w- that was a good job by Matt Nagy. Now, let's look at when you talk about, you know, how this team is flawed. Yeah, you're right. But I, I still think going forward in the coming weeks that this is a team that can be competitive in games at home and, and can be competitive against you know, different competition. It's just a matter of whether they close those games now. I mean, you're competitive against Pittsburgh on the road. You're competitive whether you should have been or not against the Ravens. You lost that game and fall out. You're competitive against the 49ers. You lost that game at the end. I mean, this is a team that still continues to compete regardless of the circumstances, regardless of, you know, who's out on the injury report, which has been, you know, lengthy in, you know, in the prior weeks. So, yeah, they're flawed, Jake. They're flawed. And, you know, rightfully so, people are going to get their hopes about the playoffs because I don't care if you see that they're the 14th team in the NFC. They're one game back from the seventh seed. And this is why the NFL is genius. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Bears are going to make the playoffs. Is it a chance? Sure, they're one game back at the chance. But the NFL is absolutely genius for increasing the playoff teams to seven. Why? Because you now keep 14 franchises invested buying tickets to these games, continuing to watch these games, even when they're three games under 500. If you were a, a Giants fan, a Washington football team fan, a Panthers fan, an Eagles fan, a Bears fan, at this given moment, and you're not showing up on that in-hunt graphic, you don't care. Jake, if they get to five and seven or six and seven, I might buy tickets to the Monday night game against Minnesota. I just might. They're genius for the expanded playoff format. I know you hate it that they're on the list, but they're on it. And the reality is you're one game back from the seven seed and you have two games left to play against that seven seed. Again, it's far fetched. It's 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 out it's it's unlikely. Their percentage I, I still think is around four or five percent chance to make it. But I mean, why why not why not see if Justin Field, because I think I think he'll return against Arizona. It is up in the air. We'll have to see the injury report throughout the week. Why not have them strings together some good wins? So, I don't know, man. It's like, I, I, yeah, I'm fishing for optimism, as I typically do. <laughs> but how can you – I mean, come on. How can you not? Like, because I know what you're thinking. And this is where we have to have this conversation. And, and our, our guy Greg Braggs on Twitter put this out yesterday. You have choice A and you have choice B. Choice A is you make the playoffs. You get in, I don't know, 9 and 8, 10 and 7. Nagy stays. The rest of them stay. You know, but Justin Fields gets playoff experience. How do you weigh those balances? And choice B is you missed out on the playoffs and you clean house. Quite frankly, I think there's a choice C where you make the playoffs and Nagy's still gone. What are your opinions on choices A, B, or C? And does that influence how you view, you know, or really personally, how you whether you want them to make the playoffs or not? Because I know there's a lot of people in that boat. Yeah, so, and we had this discussion a lot, even before this, between me and you and on this show, we had this discussion a lot of, okay, is there a reality where you make the playoffs, but Mag- Matt Nagy still gets fired? And you were on the boat of, yes, I think there is. And I was very firmly in the, camp that if they make the playoffs he's coming back i still lean that way um it's hard 
no. so if you give so if you give me to go to the Braggs thing first, if you give me between option A and option B, I'm going to take option B. Clean house. I don't think that this like even if Matt Nagy pulls you through and you get to the playoffs, it's going to be like last year. It's going to be because you get to play the Vikings, who you've made your daddy over the last four years multiple times, and you get to play <laughs> a Seahawks team that has given up, that is, you know, the, a Seahawks team that is heading towards a cataclysmic, you know, division between Russell, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Like, one of those guys is going to be gone next year, and then you're going to face a bad Giants team at home, too. So if you get in the playoffs, it's going to be because of that. And it might be because the Packers choose to have Aaron Rodgers get surgery on his toe and you face Jordan Love uh, in a couple weeks too. Like that's a very real possibility on Sunday night. So I don't think Matt, that, like if they make the playoffs, I don't think that speaks to Matt Nagy. I think it's because you got lucky with the schedule again and because Justin Fields continues to develop well. If they make the playoffs, Kevin, I'm telling you, Matt Nagy will be back. I no, don't. There's no th- shot. There's no shot. I, I wouldn't say there's no shot. I would say, like, I, I this is my head canon. Like, I believe that if they make the playoffs, he'll be back. Now, is is it possible that they make the playoffs and they still get rid of him? Yes, absolutely possible that they go the kind of Chargers-esque route, that they finish the season strong, you know, last year's Chargers finished the season strong, they had the rookie of the year, Justin Herbert looked great, and they finished, what, 7-9 and nine or something like that? Yeah, I think so. And they, and they still fired, you know, their coaches and brought in Brandon Staley. There is a scenario where that happens. I believe knowing that the Bears and how they've operated, and you've said this over and over, yeah, that things have never been this bad. But things will not be this bad if they continue to win and then they make the playoffs. Then you'll be back in the same spot that you were last year. And the year before, even though you went, didn't make the playoffs, you went 500. And, of course, the year before that in 2018 when you were 12-4. and four, You were at rock bottom prior to this Lions game. And if things kept getting worse – Yes, there was the precedent then for a firing and for things to change because, as you had mentioned, things had never been that bad. This Lions win, and and I still believe that once you lose to the Cardinals this upcoming week, things will go back to reality of, oh, crap, we're still a bad team. But if you sneak into the playoffs, they're going to say, okay, Matt Nagy still has a winning record, still getting teams to the playoffs, got to bring them back, you know, and and again – there is a scenario, you know, maybe they have a conversation with Justin Fields. Hey, how do you feel about Matt Nagy? Do you think you can have success with them? And he says no. And they say, okay, you're gone then. You know, there's the scenario, of course. There's always going to be the scenario. But I would lean towards they make the playoffs, he comes back. Knowing the Bears and knowing how much they value continuity and having people they trust and blah, 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 and relationships and all that crap, because that's what it is. It's crap. That I believe that if they made the playoffs, they would bring him back. That's that's how that's my answer to the question. I don't know if that's right. I could be totally wrong. I've been wrong many, many times before, and I will be again in the future. But I do. And I, and I see what you mean. There's a path to the playoffs, especially if Jordan Love plays on Sunday night in a couple weeks. But I just I don't believe that they would fire him if he makes the playoffs. Here's why they're going to fire him, though, because they fired Levy Smith at 10 and 6 in the past. So if you want to use historical evidence, yes. And. and if they had a seventh seed in that year, whatever that was, was that 2012, I think probably. Uh, it had to be 2012. If they had a seventh seed back then, they would have been in the playoffs. They probably still would have fired him. So, I and the, the difference is when you look at the two situations, you know, the, the two most obvious situations when they could have fired him at the end of the season this year, uh, upcoming or, or last year, look at the differences in the situation. Last year, for whatever reason, M- Matt Nagy was able to go to ownership and say, hey, I don't care you know, what my offensive numbers are, I didn't have the quarterbacks to do it. Mitch Trubisky, not good enough. Nick Foles, not good enough. You give me even an Andy Dalton, 
or you draft a rookie, we can turn this thing around. We can, we can, you can, we can finally work my offense. We can work the things I want to work. You give me a few other offensive pieces, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird. Let's set it up. You know, development year for uh, Donna Mooney, a third year of Dave Montgomery. We're going to go crazy, right? That's probably exactly what he told George McCaskey in their conference meeting at the end of the year. What are you going to say this year? What are you going to say this year? Yeah, uh, you know, oh, that's back-to-back years now with a five-plus game losing streak. Um, we have the quarterback now, also the quarterback that George McCaskey went up to Matt Nagy for and said, look, you need to start this kid over Andy Dalton. Well, he, well they that reported refuted. that report. What do you that think? Okay, I believe that report wholeheartedly because I, I know for a fact Matt Nagy's not going to go up to that podium and say, yeah, George came down to me and told me, what the hell? He's seceding. He, he's seceding uh, but, if but he does we, that. What, what we know of Matt Nagy, he would have just not – like he would have had some – answer around the answer he directly said yeah that report's not true knowing Matt Nagy if it was true he would have found some way to kind of wiggle around it like giving an answer without an answer okay I mean fair enough but even then regardless I mean regardless he has no I mean there's nothing he's reached a breaking point Jake last year there was excuses and there was a point where you know, it got bad, but they started the season five and one there was a point where they could there was never a real breaking point the loss to the Ravens was the real breaking point that you didn't see in the first three years that or that you didn't even see last year. That was that real breaking point where it was a realization to everybody on the face of the earth that, look, this guy's not going to cut it, regardless of what that you Packers do game. In, the, in, in the second half of the season. That Packers game, maybe too. But again, you were back during your way into the playoffs at that time already. At this point, to lose that Ravens game, you were at three and seven. That's the worst record you had ha- ever had percentage-wise under Matt Nagy at a given point in time. And you weren't, and you still weren't improving, even with the one piece that you claimed was going to improve your offense. So that's why I don't see a scenario where Matt Nagy really, legitimately, can go into the conference with George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, and you know the stooges that he is, and all the guys at the end of the year, and say, "Hey, this is my resume. Resign me," you know, because it's obvious. And again, it's not as obvious to the ownership as it is to us. But I right. think there is a well, very okay. That's a great that they point. Make the so, so that's. That's the center. That's the point you're missing, Kevin. It's not as it is not as clear to ownership as it is to us because but it's more us, clear than it ever has been to ownership. But we don't know that. We don't know. We're not I in those we offices. Do. We're not in. We're not in those meetings. We don't know. I'm. I'm not going to. If they're getting up those podiums. They're willing to say straightforward. Yeah, those aren't true. Those reports aren't true. Then I'm willing. Like I don't know what goes on in those meetings. I can't speculate on that because I don't know what goes on in Hales Hall. I don't know what's going on in Matt Nagy's office and George McCaskey's office. Time and time again, the McCaskey family and Ted Phillips have shown an inability to judge things on a football level. Yeah, Lovey Smith got fired after 10 and 6 because that was after, what, 10 years almost of not being able to get over the hump after being a winning coach. They like, he would be able to get them there and he would get the 10 and six or he would get to the playoffs, but they just couldn't cross that final barrier. They just couldn't get over that last hump. This, Matt Nagy's still early in his coaching career by that standard. Like compared to that, Matt Nagy's still very close. And if he gets in the playoffs, that's three out of four years. Like that's, that's major success, especially with a rookie quarterback who didn't start the year and then missed time with injury with cracked ribs, which is a very painful injury. So he's going to be able like, they don't evaluate things on a strictly football level. We've seen time and time and time. And again, that the McCaskey family and Ted Phillips are willing to evaluate things on a just relationship basis on a, how much do we trust you basis? And they've shown time and time again, that they trust Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. So therefore, if the, if the status quo continues 
of, okay, you make the playoffs. All right, well, you know, there's the success. Okay, do you believe that Justin Fields can take this leap? Yes, I do. Do you think that with better health you, you guys can make this leap? Yes, I do. Do you think with a couple more players that you can continue to make these strides and, you know, maybe go 10-7 and seven next year or 11-6? and six? Yes, I do. And not backdoor your way into the playoffs? Yes, I do. Of course he's going to answer those questions with yes. Do you still believe you have a good culture here? Which which we've seen from the Lions game that Matt Nagy's a culture guy. It seems like the culture is still at least somewhat intact, at least three quarters intact, yeah, if not yes. more. You know, do you think you can continue to build on that? Yes. All right. Do you think some of these rookies can continue to take steps? Do you think Cole Komet's a piece? Yes. Do you think Darnell Mooney's a piece? Yes, which I believe both of those are true as well. But, you know, oh, do you think that, you know, so on and so forth, and he's going to answer yes, 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 and he's going to tell them what they want to hear, and they've built that trust, and they're going to say, okay, we'll give you one more chance. Okay, but what's his, we, what's his answer? No, Jake, what's his answer to the question, can you work with Justin Fields, can you develop him, can you make him the quarterback that's going to be here for 10 years, what have you done with him this past year? He, he can't well, we, answer we that saw, question. We, we saw Justin Fields can start to take strides and start to get better. We saw yeah, that. But we it's saw not, it in real time. Yeah, but... I look, I, the McCaskies are not a football, you know, ownership. Oriented. We know this. We we talk about this a million times. Oriented, but I don't think that they're. I, I don't. They they Virginia at her old age watches the games. George watches the games. They sit there and watch, and they know, and they love money, and they know that Justin Fields is their money maker, and they know, and they should at least, you know, I don't care whether they have zero football knowledge or not. All I got to do is watch a game to know that he has been held back by the things Matt Nagy has, has been doing, I think they recognize that. And he's and they're going to pose that question to Matt Nagy at the end of the season, and he's not going to have a legitimate answer for it. And it's going to be the same excuse that he's had for years. And and and, and you could go down the line, Jake. You could go down the line of history when you talk about not firing head coaches. And, and if they wanted to use the quarterback example as an excuse for the prior 50 years of Bears football, they could use that. Oh, uh, Jay Cutler, yeah, j- just really not good enough, man. Uh, Josh McCown, yeah, not good enough. Trubisky, not good enough. Foles, not good Josh enough. Man. Rex Grossman, not good enough. You, I, I you, Matt Barkley, I mean, I'm, I'm just not, I'm naming names now. Uh, Kyle Orton, uh, let's Hoyer. go down the list. Jason Campbell. Brian Hoyer, there you go. That was a good one. Jason Campbell. Um, I mean, again, like, this is the first time in franchise history where you know that you have the most talented quarterback you've ever had in franchise history. Uh, undoubtedly, without a doubt, that's not a question, that's not a debate. The McCaskies understand that, the McCaskies know that, and that is going to be what they're going to leverage in their decision to you know, bring back Nagy or not, and because of what he's done with Justin this year, and because of his, you know, throughout the offseason, throughout the first games of the year, his ineptitude to put Justin Fields in the best situation— is going to hinder their decision to bring him back, and it's not. And it's going to result in them not bringing him back. I, I, Jake, there is no unless they win the conference championship, or maybe two, maybe one, maybe if they do win two one playoff, playoff games. Game. I don't even know if one playoff game cuts it. I, I that, mean, that's maybe that's progress. Yeah, it is hard to imagine them actually firing him after winning one playoff game. But if they get in the playoffs and lose that first round, like. There's no, there's no way, Jake. There's simply no way. I mean, because I mean, you, I mean, who would that? You'd be playing what? The Packers or the Cardinals, probably. So I mean, yeah, there's a way. I mean, there's absolutely a way. But I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and and I get how we're trying to, you know, because we're in that middle ground of okay, we want the Bears to do well, but we also really don't want to see this coaching staff anymore. So it's kind of like how, like I, I get where you're coming from. You're trying to find that 
and you know, this isn't a shot at you, but mental gymnastics for lack of a better term, like doing the mental gymnastics (laughs) to try and see how, okay, how can the bears do well, but also we're in a better position for next year with a new coach. And I just don't, I think those things are mutually exclusive and like personally now, clearly we're on different sides of this idea. We're on different sides of this. I geez, just choked on my own spit. Nice. Um, I think they're they're mutually exclusive. I think if the Bears have success, you know, however you define success, and I think the McCaskies and ownership define success as playoff appearances or, you know, in, you know, general aesthetic success, which would be playoffs appearances. And I and I think that that's exclusive from Matt Nagy getting fired. You know, to to get Matt Nagy fired is they're going to have to be bad and they're going to have to lose games and they're going to have to say, okay. Yeah, we think Justin Fields is going to be here for the next 10 years, and we think that he's the guy, but we need someone who can actually coach him and who can actually get him to that level and who can continue to develop that rapport with Cole Komet and with Darnell Mooney and bring in some other – and, you know, and I have a feeling – I have a feeling Ryan Pace is going to stick around, and, and I know Shane was kind of, you know, not on that train. You know, are you really going to let him pick a third head coach? There's precedent for that. It's in, you've seen it in Tampa Bay. You've seen it in Arizona. I think you've seen it in LA, the Chargers as well. But you know, there's precedent for that. So I do think that Ryan Pace is probably more likely to stick around than Matt Nagy. Um, but yes, that's obviously. a whole another conversation for another day. Right now, it's the whole you know Matt Nagy idea. And I think they're just gonna have to lose games. And I do think there's a way that this team ends up eight and nine. And slips and slips into the playoffs, you know, because like I said, I mean, I'll mention the schedule again. Yeah, the Cardinals, you're probably going to lose that game with Kyler Murray coming back. You know, how healthy is he? Doesn't matter. He's still a game breaker. I mean, the Packers, even if Rodgers plays on Sunday night, those last four games, I mean, because you could lose. I mean, you have four wins now and you could run the table against the Vikings, Seahawks and Giants. And you end up eight, and nine, and you're still in that picture, yeah. especially since you're playing the Vikings in the last game of the season. Yeah. So. It's it's a very weird middle ground. I am firmly in the camp that the Bears are a bad team. They will continue to be a bad team. And if you want Matt Nagy, I'm not saying root for losses. Obviously, it's never fun to root for losses. Like Saint Shane said last week, we're masochists. We're going to sit our asses in front of the TV and watch and get frustrated and get pissed off. And it's going to happen anyway. And if and knowing the Bears team, they're going to do it in the most frustrating way where Kyler Murray throws a Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins and breaks our back and, you know, lose and we lose in the Probably. last minute or two minutes or in the back end of the fourth quarter. But we're going to sit our asses there and we're going to watch because we love pain and we're just invested in this team for better or for worse. Yeah. And like, uh, I'll be honest, you know, I, I'm not going to tell anyone how how they want to root for the team. They can do that right. way they want. The way I'm I, I'm always going to root for them to get in the playoffs. And now the, the the possibility, again, like I don't, I still think Nagy's going to get fired. Even if I thought he wasn't going to get fired uh, if they made the playoffs, I would still root for them to make the playoffs. I mean, that like as, as an organization, as a fan of the team, you want to see your team contend for a title. That's what you get. That's why, that's why you dedicate so much time to the team in the first place is because ultimately you want to see your team eventually hold up the Lombardi trophy. And, and hopefully that is one day, Justin Fields. And that's why you watch the games. That's why you get invested. That's why you follow this team 12 months out of the year, every 365 days practically, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram. You interact with this organization and this franchise 365 days out of the year because you want to see them do one thing, and that's win a title. And, yeah, like you could make the argument, well, you know, if they didn't make it this year, then that means more title possibilities in the, in the future. Yeah, that's true, but that's also not guaranteed. And I'm like, they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but – 
to at least see them in the playoffs and compete and to get your rookie quarterback experience in that sense, that's always what I'm going to root for, regardless of the other situations and the other factors around it. And that's that's the way I'm going to do it. I'm sure that's the way other people do it. I'm sure that's the way other people aren't going to do it. And that's totally fine. There's no right or wrong way right. to do it. I'm just saying yeah. that's that's like and, and we said I, this last year. You know, we said this right. last year. Me, you, it's the you, same Chris, situation. And Chris had this d- debate. You know, oh, well, we can't tell people how to. You know, when we're not going to tell people how to sh- show their fandom. You know, and that's why. We, but like you said, we're invested. That's why we do this podcast for what the 11, 10 months out of the year. We take a couple weeks off in the winter after the Super Bowl, and then we're right back at it. Like that's why we do it, and that's why you listen because it's. It, it, we're all invested. We and like Kevin said, we all want to see them do well. We all want to see them lift the Lombardi. Blah, blah. Lombardi trophy at some point, but just real because in like, this is what I, I pride ourselves on with this show. Like we're not going to sugarcoat it. Like Kevin, you've always been the, okay, how can we look at this in a positive way where, okay, we're going to be a playoff team and we could get success. And I've always tried to be more of our anchor <laughs> for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've picked the bears to lose a lot this year. Um, but you know, one thing we're never going to do is tell you how to be a fan. And it's, you know, that's why you come to listen. That's why you are in the comments when you are. And obviously this isn't a live show right today, but you know, that's why we like talking to you in the comments and stuff, but man, it is just such a weird middle ground to be in where, I mean, I make fun of the, in the hunt graphic and it's so dumb, but it's, I mean, Kevin, you're right. I mean, the NFL was genius for adding that spot. They're genius for that graphic because it gets you, okay, start to do the math. How can this work out? How can we do this? And it works and we're talking about it. So clearly it's working, but I mean, it's just the bears are in such a weird spot with their age, with the personnel, with the coach, obviously, but going back to the game because there were positives in an ugly win. Obviously David Montgomery didn't have the best day, uh, the, the rushing attack, but I mean, they've been great all year, but I mean, we, we can officially say that Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet are legitimate pieces for the next couple of years, right? Legitimate. I mean, I, I will, I'll admit that I think I was wrong about Cole Komet. I mean, he has played well and he's been, he's well, you know, and again, my whole, I'll say it a time, time again, my whole reasoning for, you know, the pick, what I wasn't mad at Cole Komet, the pick, I was mad at, you know, where you picked him at or what you, what else you could have had. Cause I really want Anto- Antoine Winfield Jr. I think would have been a great fit for this right. defense. That's the only reason I was upset with the Cole Komet pick. We knew he was going to take time to develop and now it's start, he's starting to turn the corner. And it's not, and and really, it, honestly, his his production is based off the usage. Honestly, I mean, one yeah. game they're going to target the tight ends fifteen times, and the next game they're going to target them zero, and the game after that they're going to go back and target them fifteen more times. It's really up to the coaching staff of whether they're going to target the tight ends or not. It's not even on him at this given moment. I mean, Jimmy Graham scored a touchdown last week. Wasn't that kind of refreshing? Um, and, and I think Komet had what was his final stat line? I think he had like sixty something yards. Yeah, maybe he led, the, he led the team in catches, so he had eight catches. Next closest was Mooney. With five he had 65 yards mm-hmm. yeah eight for 65 man that's like that, that's what you want like that's what yep. you want out of a second year tight end like that's and he's racking up first downs and in the absence of Allen robinson he's kind of been that go-to guy up the seam when you're needing a first down on a second and 10 or a third and seven or something like that um so yeah there's positives i mean it, it was an ugly game but time and time again too when you, you also mentioned darna mooney like you kind of take a step back and you think about, wow, this team actually does have some really good young pieces. Like, you had Darnell Mooney, who is, honestly, I mean, he might get a 1,000 yards this year, and he's looking like he's a legitimate. Really, really I mean, the way he's been playing and just the way he's been he, – he, just the way he's been playing reminds me of Justin Jefferson. That, that's just the way okay. that I've, I've seen him play recently. Um, 
And, man, I mean, and then you look at that draft class, man. So you have Jalen Johnson, a guy who's been locked on all year. Yeah, he hasn't gotten the takeaways and the same amount of pass deflections he had in his rookie year. I still think Jalen Johnson is a, is a very talented corner. Travis Gibson has been extremely efficient and, and has played well and gotten a, a decent amount of pressure when he's been on the field. We talked about Kovmet. We talked about Darnell Mooney. And then you look at this year's class, which might even be better. When you look at, obviously, Justin Fields is the number one. And then Larry Borum, who comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And then it's it, – you just look at the team and you're like, man, there are young pieces around here. And you get frustrated about the age of certain players and then, you know, oh, they're a little bit older in areas. But if you really strip it down and you kind of pick out those select guys who have been playmakers for you who are under the age of 25, you have a very, very promising core. And that's why there's reports out. I think from ESPN or Rappaport or whoever it was, that the Bears are, are, are far and away the most attractive destination for a new head coach at the end of the year because they understand that whoever that new head coach may be in the event that it happens is going to get Justin Fields along with pieces like Darna Mooney, Cole Komet, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, the guys David on the Montgomery. defensive side, Roquan, David Montgomery, Roquan Smith, who's going to be here likely for a long time if they do the right thing and, and pay him a whole lot. Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack, Travis Gibson, Robert Quinn. Like, they have a good, solid core. And it's just, that's what you want to see in these types of games is those guys showing up and those guys showing promise because that makes you feel better about the next five years regardless of the direction of the franchise in the immediate future. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see some of these guys. I mean, because obviously, like, Demir Bird, Marquise Goodwin, you're not going to, you know, be, you know, they're not franchise pieces. Obviously, they're journeymen for a reason. Um, but it's nice to see some of these guys that you can kind of see Justin Fields around for the next, you know, however long. You know, hopefully, mm -hmm. we hope it's going to be a while. But, you know, it's good. And, and for the record, Cole Komet in the last six games has more yards than he did all of last season. So, seems seems good. Go. Um, but no, I, I mean, it's good. I mean, because especially with the Mooney and Komet thing, like if you have a young quarterback, it's important to get that. I mean, we kind of saw this coming into the year, like right? in training camp and practices. Oh, Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney continue to connect and continue to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's good to establish that because those guys are also, you know, Mooney and Komet in their second year. Fields, a rookie, Montgomery in his third year, fourth year. And we, we do this like every third, other week. Sorry, third, sorry, we, we do this like every other week with David Montgomery. Anyway, but he'll be around. And I mean, obviously running backs are, you know, it's a turnstile. You can, a new one comes around every couple of years, but those pieces are starting to be established. And a couple of weeks ago, if you had said the bears would be one of the most coveted jobs, I probably would have disagreed with you. I don't think it's the most coveted job. I mean, obviously we have to see what other jobs come open, but I mean, I think it's a good job. I mean, it's not as dire as, we make it seem, but I mean, that also depends on where the bears feel they're at. If they do fire Matt Nagy, are they going to go full rebuild? Are they going to go clean house? Or are they going to try and go, okay, two year rebuild. You know, we have our first round picks, we get a couple high picks and then we go from there two years. We're back on it. You know, like, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to obviously predicting the future in general is hard, but I mean, especially with the NFL and especially with the bears, because we don't know what they're going to do with their damn coach. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there are legitimate pieces here. And even though it's ugly, there are legitimate guys to get excited about. And one of those guys you mentioned, Roquan Smith, unfortunately, he goes down with a hamstring injury. We don't know what his status is just yet. But, I mean, even if it's so because he, I mean, he's such a fast player. So a hamstring injury kind of scares me. And obviously you don't want to miss one of your best defenders against, you know, Arizona and Green Bay in the next couple weeks. 
I mean, Roquan's done more than enough this year to warrant an extension. And that does not, not to even to mention last year, like he, you need to, I mean, you have to think that extension's coming down the pipe, right? Yeah. I mean, it'll happen relatively soon. I mean, he's having the best year of his career. I mean, statistically wise, that's the case. Which is crazy because um, last year was really, really good. Yeah. And he's going to, if I had to guess, he's going to break the Bears single season tackle record uh, again, aided by the fact that there's a 17th game. And quite frankly, if, if you want to, you know, if the Bears lose next week and continue to lose and, you know, they're out of the playoff hunt, you want to look for silver linings, watch out for the fact that Robert Quinn could break the Bears' single-season sack record as well. I mean, he's at, I think, 11 and a half, and I think yep, he's the leader. He's at 11 right now, third in the league. 11. High third. And, and and I believe the record is 17 and a half by Richard Dent, and I think Richard Dent has done that three times, but <laughs> which is unbelievable. But, I mean, the, with – you know what? What is it? Uh, six games to six go. Games left. You got to get a sack a game and a little bit more, and he's kind of been doing that already. So keep your eye on that as well. I mean, he he arguably has been the best player on your defense in the past yeah. few weeks. Yeah, Roquan's been I know, I would, good. I would say that. I mean, it's the impact that he's made on the game. I mean, that guy has been playing with hustle. He's been playing with heart, and I. I and you go back to last year, like, what the hell, dude? I mean, what the hell happened? And, and why is the production so much better? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to find out why his production and his, you know, Richard efficiency Dent was lower is last year. Season leader with 17 and a half. Yeah, 17 and a half. So six and a half to go for uh, for Quinn to tie at seven and to break. And I think that's well within the realm of possibility. I, think so. uh, I mean, you th- I look mean, at how you do your face. Like, you, it's going to be tough next week against Arizona, but then you have a hobbled Rodgers a statue and cousins twice Wilson might be kind of tough. And then Daniel Jones who stinks. So you can get it. He'll, he'll, get, he'll, he'll get all six of them against Daniel Jones, probably. And force <laughs> all four fumbles. Um, but no, so here's so defensively too. Let's talk defensive. Well, Cause I thought they played fine and they, they have played fine the past few weeks. It's just the flaws in them and the Steelers game, the Ravens game was that they couldn't close up in the final minutes, but overall they, they've been a, a good defense. Uh, I, I thought Artie Burns, Played well after the second quarter in replacement for Kendall Vildor, who was benched. Once, once he and, settled in, you know, yeah. and once he settled in, I he, he made a PBU that was nice on third down. He started to kind of be tied to the hip of the receiver, and I, like if you're the other the opposing team, I mean, you're going to go into every single game, and you're going to have mismatches. Arizona, it's going to be Hopkins, you know, or AJ Green or Christian Kirk, whoever you want it to be against Artie Burns, Green Bay, it's going to be, you know, Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scanling against these guys. And for the Vikings, it's going to be Justin Jefferson. Like, there's going to be mismatches for every team you play against the Bears' corners because Jalen Johnson is going to do his thing against the number one. And then you're going to, and then the other teams are going to target Artie Burns. But he he played better than I think Kendall Vildor did the prior two weeks. So that's promising. But the question I had, Jake, is why is Thomas Graham not getting an opportunity? You are desperate at that position. Thomas Graham was in you know OTAs and in the early portions of training camp being discussed as possibly CB3 on this roster being yeah. sort of a Duke Shelley type guy you, were high he, you know he's getting what we I was high on him Chris Nan was extremely high on him he said he should have been a first round pick if it weren't for him opting out uh, of college football last year so I don't I mean he's on the practice squad and, and you could also talk about a guy like Taz Newsom, friend of the program who was on this show back in training camp why is a guy like him not getting opportunities? I mean, you're putting Isaiah Coulter out there, a, a no-name who you signed to the practice squad a week ago. I just I, – and this has been sort of a consistent thing in the past with certain young players, uh, you know, Riley Ridley, one of them. 
why are they, you know you just get worried you know because is it an indictment on the player or is it just the fact that they're not getting the opportunity and and that's what frustrates you sometimes when you look at you know those players on the practice squad those rookies and I would understand it if you had if you still had Kyle Fuller there if you had locked on corners across the board yeah there's no room for Thomas Graham to be placed in there if you had a stacked wide receiver room the likings of the Dallas Cowboys where you had Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb I can understand Des Newsom not getting reps those are arguably two of your most open position groups. Why answer the question? Why are they not seeing the field? Well, that's that goes back to kind of things we don't know about this team. I mean, clearly there's something that either they're not getting or we're not seeing or that the coaches aren't seeing from them. But I mean, if anything's going to happen, it's, especially with Thomas Graham, his opportunity is going to be right now. Like, I think we've all seen our fill of Kendall Vildor. Like, I don't think we're going to be seeing him again. Um, but Duke Shelley left the game hurt. So, I mean you're going to see some of these guys from the practice squad possibly now. And, you know, and there's already some practice squad. I mean, Cassius Marsh was on the uh, team and was on the field this week too. Um, good for him. He deserves that game check after that BS fine he received from the Pittsburgh game. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're seeing some of these practice squad guys. So I think that just says more about the guys that aren't getting called up because there's been opportunities. So, I mean, it's unfortunate, but I mean, talking about the guys who are on the team though, like, I mean, yeah, like you said, Burns, after the initial, he gave up a long pass to somebody when he first yeah. came in. But, I mean, after that, he was relatively solid. And I think I saw that opinion pretty much everywhere else, too, uh, you know, whenever you read. So he was he was a former first-round pick, so maybe he can rediscover something. I mean, obviously, you're going against harder teams than the Lions coming up. But, I mean, it, it's definitely a position they are going to have to invest in receiver and corner are going to have to be something that are really seriously looked at because they are a problem, you know, going forward. I mean, I, I get it, you know, back to your dad's news point, like, okay, we saw signs of life from Demir bird finally. And Marquise Goodwin has been a contributor for like two or three weeks straight now, but, and I get they're actually pros and they're vets, but my word, like it's, you can't keep rolling with these guys. Like if Ryan Pace is still the guy, those positions need to be seriously invested in. Yeah, and I think they will be. I mean, he hasn't not done that in the past. Like, he's gone out and got the guys that he wanted. I mean, he signed Al Robinson three years ago. If he wants a guy, he's going to go out and get him. And I and I think he's going to find ways to do that. It's just, you know, when it comes down to the cuts and some of those decisions, you know, that aren't that that don't seem costly because you're not spending money but end up being costly. You know, when you look at the Kyle Fuller things, uh, Kyle Fuller hasn't been good this year, though. So I don't even know how much we can go keep going back to that point. But yeah, I, I trust he's going to do that. I mean, Chris Godwin's on the market. Devonte Adams is on the market. You, I, I'm not. You're not going to pair Devonte Adams with Allen Robinson. You're not going right. <laughs> to money to do that. But you can bring over Chris Godwin or or something like that. So I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried at all uh, about your offensive weapons. I never have been, and I never, you know, even at the end of the year, I won't even be that worried if they don't go out and get, you know, one of the top five free agent wide receivers on the market. I won't be at all. So uh, again, like. You have you have the pieces to to make the offense run. You have the pieces to to win football games, and and you have the defense to keep you in it. I mean that like, yeah, they've they've gotten blown out in games, and they've gotten you know picked apart and and torn apart in games. To say but the least. Relatively, yeah, to say the least. But overall, too, like this has been a team specifically at home that has fought against you know solid teams that has gotten wins against solid teams when you know when you look at the Raiders and the Bengals after what they just did to the Steelers like I, they're probably not going to win against Arizona again we'll preview this on Wednesday but I it's still 
for some reason, for some reason, I still believe it's a team that can fight and, and show you those something on Sunday. So I, I don't know. I mean, and what here, there's one other thing I want to touch on before we head out of here because Jake's got, you know, big boy work things to do over there at 670 score. Yeah. Um, as we talk about new coaches, I just want to get this out of the way since we won't be here on Wednesday because I'm sure this question is going to kind of come around. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure you get callers at 670 talking about, you know, oh, I want this guy to be the new head coach. I want this guy to be the new, the new head coach. Who are the prospects? Who are the guys that we're looking at? I, something I just clicked in my head that I, that I realized – I'm sick of the coordinator cycle, the offensive coordinator cycle. I mean, everyone falls in love with the prospect of getting, you know, the coordinator who runs the flashy offenses and the names like Brian Dabble and, you know, Kellen Moore, Joe Brady, they come to mind as the top candidates to be the next Bears head coach. But as Bears fans, everyone learned that sort of a risk. And yeah, it's kind of a, uh, I mean, Mark Tressman and Manning, I guess, are your only really examples of that in, in recent history, but. I would say it, Mark Tressman was more of a risk than Matt Nagy. Like Matt Nagy wasn't a that, household name, but he came from the Andy Reid tree. That's true. But I'm saying after I get after those two guys now, it's it, it's a, it's more of a risk the third time around, no matter who it is. And and yeah. I think the the league has learned that too. If you look at the coaches who have won Super Bowls in the last ten years, again, kind of an asterisk by the fact that one coach has won about five of them. Uh, but but a lot of these guys are established guys who are proven leaders of men and proven guys who can develop their players. And that's exactly what the Bears need to be looking for. Oh, you're, their head stop. Stop. No, I am. Because, stop. Jay, I don't – what do you mean stop? stop. How, how, I know no. where this is going. And I was where ready this for going? this and I forgot. Jim Harbaugh is not coming not, back to the no, NFL. No, Jake. I'm not pinpointing Jim Harbaugh. I would not mind Jim Harbaugh being the next coach of the Chicago Bears, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's just a realization that oftentimes – the longevity of the coaches that you uh, – of these, you know, flashy, new-age guy, offensive coordinator, the, the longevity, it's it's shorter. It's shorter for guys like that. But you look at the Tomlins, the Harbaugh's, the Belichick's, the guys who really last long in this league are, you know, the Aryans, are, are the guys that are proven to just get your team ready to play, develop your players, and win on Sunday. It's not – it's not as, oh, you know, I'm going to run – 54 RPOs and flashiness and oh you know look what I'm doing in Dallas and look what I'm doing in Buffalo and and all that I I, I just I, I've came to that realization that it's a better option to get a guy who's going to develop your players and work with your head coach hire a good offensive corner let him bring his in his own staff and build everything down from that I mean I yes it's attractive to think oh we could have a Bills type offense we could have a a, a Cowboys type offense although they you know put up nine points against the Chiefs a few weeks ago we could have you know the Joe Brady type offense good great awesome okay we thought the same thing about Matt Nagy at the start of you know 2018 and I just I'm over it and as Bears fans I don't know why you wouldn't be over it so what is your take on that I'm not saying you have to name a specific guy that's not where this you know little rant was going sure it's just that it's just that realization for me that I'd rather have that than just, oh, the flashy offensive coordinator who blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, I, I see the value in that take, I guess we can call it, or that opinion. Um, but the thing is, you know, like, let's look at Tampa Bay. Like, there isn't a Bruce Arians available. You know, like, I, I see I see what you're saying. There's definitely value in going kind of the safer route, maybe, but there isn't that Bruce Arians. There isn't a Frank Reich available, you know? Like, you're... You, you're going to have to pick from the Bills coaching staff or from Tampa's coaching staff or L.A.'s coaching staff. You know, it, it's there isn't someone established like that or that we know of yet that's going to be available. Like even if Mike Tomlin gets fired tomorrow, I'm not even sure I want Mike Tomlin. 
Like, oh come on! Over the over Stop the last couple it. of years, has like has Mike Tomlin really shown you that he's the Mike Tomlin oh of ten God. years ago? Like with it's, Big Ben at quarterback, getting them to the playoffs. I mean, come on. I don't know. Like it's just, that, but my point being, like there isn't that guy who you're talking about available. Like there isn't that guy. Like you're like okay, I, like Arians was out of football for what a year, two years maybe, and and we all like we we knew that was gonna like that was too perfect not to happen. Like th- there isn't that guy though. So I think it's 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 a good idea, but I think until we know who's available and who's not, and even that the Bears are searching for a head coach, it's too hard to kind of play that guessing game. But it's a good idea in theory, yes. Okay. So, I mean, and again, like, let me make this clear. I'm not opposed if they do, if they do draft, or not draft, if they do hire an offensive coordinator, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not saying don't hire any offensive coordinator or any defensive coordinator. I'm saying you have to value those elements the ability to work with the quarterback, the ability to develop players, the ability to, you know, just be get your team ready to play more than you have to value the beautiful X's and O's and and all those things that you saw in whatever previous game they were on. That's that the beauty. Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. And it, because again, I, I think a lot of people do get carried away with, with that and, and make the quick hire and just say, oh, you know, look at the amazing things he did on the field with this guy and that guy and 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 the points and the statistics. Oh my God, you know, top five in the league in points per game, yards per game, great, awesome statistics are good. Hire him. And they don't go in most head coaching search hire or searching processes do go pretty deep and they do kind of have to figure out those other things. But I don't know. I mean. You know, it's just it's just something you have to value and you have to look at. And maybe Brian Dable is good at that. Maybe Kellen Moore is good at that. But you have to value things more because if you really want Jake, I mean, do do you want a coach that's going to be here for the next eight years working with Justin Fields, or do you want to cycle through three more by the time Justin Fields is out of here? Oh God! What's going to be best? (laughs) What's going to be best for his career? You want the guy who's going to be here for a long time. Most quarterbacks who, you know, stay with a franchise for a very long time are paired to their head coach for that tenure. And that's And you know what? Now that I say that, does that not make more sense as to why Matt Nagy would be fired? Because if that's the case, what typically it is, and you're looking, you're looking, you know, large, large scale, you're looking, you know, uh, with a, a broad view on this. And, you know, at least Justin Fields is going to be here to what, 2026, as far as his rookie hope, contract hope, goes. Yeah. Oh, as far there as is no, yeah. there's no scenario Matt Nagy's going to be there for that long. So why are you even fucking around? You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a fair, I think that's actually a that's fair a point, good point when you consider. No, that's a really good point. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, wow, two, I made a good point. Fair. That is, yeah. that's, that's a very <laughs> good for me. No, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, why, why kick the can down the road if you know? Yeah, that's it. But that's assuming the bears know. So, I mean, they. <laughs> I don't think the, the Bears don't question. know what they don't know. Million so, dollar yeah, question. Exactly. But I mean, we'll see what happens. It, overall, though, I mean, it's a good win to kind of get back in the saddle and we'll see what happens. But I mean, it's something we're going to follow. I mean, it's we're going to talk about it every week now. You know, OK, did Matt Nagy do a good enough job in this game? You know, is he what's he doing in this game? That's good. Can he transfer that? And we're going to talk about it every week for better or for worse. And we're going to try and do more game analysis and stuff like that than these hypothetical questions. But I mean, there's still value to doing it. I mean, it's something that, I mean, it's the main storyline with the bears. So it's worth talking about, but anyway, Kevin, you'll be back on Wednesday with a fill in TBD, but I will be out. So I will talk to you next week. You and Justin, our EP beautiful. I will be back next week to break down the Arizona game and we'll see how that goes. If it's a dumpster fire or if they just break our hearts, which is probably going to be break our hearts because 
that's just how it goes with this team. But always fun, Kevin. Always, always a pleasure. Truly, I mean that. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. Uh, you know, talking bears with you. So good times. Yeah. And until next time, until next week, Kevin will be back on Wednesday. I'll be back Monday. But until then, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. And as always, bear down. <laughs>